Welcome back to Dirty Chai Chats, a podcast all about sexual health, love, and relationships at Tufts. My name is Gio, a sex health rep at Tufts. I'm Flo, the co-director of the Observer Audio team and your co-host of this podcast. We hope you all enjoyed our last episode. Flo and I wanted to switch up the format a bit and have a more casual conversation about love and relationships during the time of COVID. It's kind of crazy that this pandemic has been going on for over a year. And for us, it's been really interesting to think about the ways in which we've changed. Yeah, I totally agree, Gio. At least for me, I would say that over the course of this year, I think the biggest way that I've changed is the way that I approach my relationships. Mm. Um, It's really interesting because during this pandemic, what we crave the most, which is physical touch and relationships and being close to people, is exactly what we have to avoid to protect ourselves and for our own safety. Um, So I just think that this is a really interesting topic. I've had a lot of conversations with friends about relationships and dating during COVID, and I'm so excited that we're finally able to talk about it on this podcast. Yes, absolutely. So, Gio, can you tell me a little bit about your relationships during the pandemic and how it's affected them in any way? Yeah, so... Um, When I got sent home for my one plus four gap year, I was in a relationship. Um, We were doing long distance and I came back and trying to navigate this initial thing of having not seen someone for a few months and also understanding what COVID was. And because my mom was immunocompromised, I was something I took even more seriously and all the anxiety in New York becoming the epicenter of what COVID was evolving into. So over the summer, in my relationship, it definitely took a lot of communication. Are you okay with this? What are you up to? Who are you seeing? Mm -hmm. Establishing boundaries and limits with each other was really important and just continuously, continuously having those conversations. But it definitely was really hard to have those conversations when no one really knew what COVID was. And then kind of looking ahead, coming into freshman year, also not knowing how Tufts is going to be and hearing all the other schools cancel for the fall. Like I didn't even think we'd get to come back to campus. But it was really interesting to see the shift of expectation and what I was used to at home and feeling more relaxed at Tufts in ways. And then also becoming a sex health rep and having these conflicting ideas of, oh, we're in a college campus, but even as a sex health rep, we can't talk about sex to Mm -hmm. the community. And like, that's literally all we talk about is pretty much like sex and sexual health. And we couldn't talk about that during COVID in the beginning month or two. Yeah, so that's kind of been a lot of my experience. And then even just now, like, being a lot more flexible in terms of how I view my relationships and my own expectations. Like I definitely was and had a lot more anxiety in the beginning of COVID. But as we've learned more, I think my perception has become a lot more flexible and just hearing about more information, more people getting vaccinated. And it feels really safe to Mm -hmm. be in an environment where we're getting tested with such high frequency. So I do feel more relaxed even at Tufts within the community of seeing people because I know they're getting tested and it's easy for me to be like, hey, when's the last time you mm-hmm. got a negative? Or, hey, mm-hmm. I would love to see you. Could we get tested before we see each other to make each other feel safe? So that's been definitely a big shift from like the summer to where yeah. I am now in terms of COVID. Um, 
so you mentioned that the sex health reps aren't allowed to talk about sex. Um, yeah. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah. So that's a really great question. And a lot of people don't know about what sex health reps role were in the beginning. So in the fall around October, there was this conversation with sex health reps and the Tufts administration about giving out condoms, like what we were allowed to say, what we weren't allowed to say, because as an affiliate or a group on campus that is associated directly through Tufts University because we're part of CARE, we could not even give out condoms Mm -hmm. in the beginning because it was, you're promoting having sex when we're all supposed to be socially distanced. And in cohorts, right, first semester, everyone had their little pot of cohorts, even Mm -hmm. the first years, didn't know who their people on their floor were, but we were supposed to only see these people. But on a bigger point, there definitely was a lot of navigating how we're going to talk about it in a COVID-safe way. So first semester, sex health reps came together to do a little flyer card about all COVID-dating-safe checklists. And so basically, there were questions you can ask someone you were going to be intimate with about how to safely go about COVID, such as, when's the last time you got tested? Mm. Who else are you seeing? Things like that. So we shifted the conversation to not just be about like sexual health and sex, but that through the context of COVID, which mm. allowed us to talk about sex. And then as the semester went on, we were allowed to do a condom grab and go and then start talking about it more. And I think the administration also realized, yes, like people are still going to have sex and yeah. COVID's not going to stop that. So we should and have to still talk about this in a safe context. Totally. That's a really important conversation to have. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so what about you? Like, tell me about your dating experience in, in COVID and how that's been for you. Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely had a different experience than you last spring. I was not in a long-term relationship. Yeah. I was very much single. So coming back home to Chicago was fine. And I had a really great time just hanging out with my family mm. and just like taking that time for myself was really nice. Um but definitely coming back in the fall. I did find myself on the dating apps, you know? I was on Tinder. I was on Hinge. I was not on Bumble. (laughs) Um, Very much on the dating apps. And I personally am not a huge texter, a huge... I'm there with you. ...social media person. Mm -hmm. So, like, honestly, dating apps haven't been hugely successful for me in the past Mm -hmm. but I really tried to make an effort to like work on my communication over text but I think that making the step from the online space to the physical space Mm. is such a huge deal during COVID because not only do you have to have common ground with the person and feel like you would be a good fit Mm -hmm. just in terms of like superficial values you really have to trust the character, like the true character of this person and trust that they're being safe with COVID, that they're wearing their mask, that they're not going to parties. So I think that that added layer definitely made it really tough to meet people. And also, I think that dating during the pandemic is really interesting because casual hookups just, at least in my experience as an upperclassman, just really aren't a thing anymore. Um and it's funny because 
it's like you're both a middle schooler and you're living in the 18th century like we're really courting each other like right. really <laughs> getting to know each other before you actually kiss um and i guess on the topic of kissing like i feel like the mask as a physical barrier mm-hmm. between you and the other person's mouth it's almost like during a date you pull it down at any point and like that signals okay like I'm comfortable if we kiss right like obviously there's like (laughs) consent to be had there Mm -hmm. and like ask that person but usually it's like an indicator or can be Mm -hmm. it's like oh my mask is being pulled down Mm -hmm. I want to kiss you which is something I don't think I would have ever thought I'd be thinking ever yeah I mean I kind (laughs) of love it like everyone's forced to like consent Right. And give consent before right. kissing. Like, physically, you have to. And, like, to on other things, too. Like, yeah. on a larger conversation of consent, like, thinking about, like, our, like how we interact. Of, oh, like, are you comfortable with this? Like, it's really opened up a different top, type of dialogue for a lot of people, mm. I think, mm-hmm. of just, like, what is consent? What are your boundaries? What are my boundaries? Obviously, this yeah. doesn't happen with everyone, right? right. <laughs> Within limitations. Right. But at least my circles, I've definitely seen that aspect um a lot more yeah and I'm curious to also like hear more about how you've experienced this type of communication definitely um I mean yeah similarly to what you're saying I feel like communication more than ever is so important um and yeah this past semester I started seeing someone and something that I really love mm. about our relationship is how open we are with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we're always like, did you get tested? Like, mm-hmm. I got a negative test. These are the people that I've seen this week who are not usually in my bubble and just like constantly checking in. Like, is that okay with you if I do this, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera? Because we know that we're both living with housemates and right. it's not only our personal safety that could be at risk, but it's the safety of the people within our circles. Mm-hmm. But I think that's something with cohorts was more of a thing or like mm-hmm. in the beginning. And now that Tufts has discontinued the idea of cohorts, like even as a freshman, like establishing what your bubble is feels so different or like understanding that now mm-hmm. in this like broader context. So I think it's really interesting of, hey, you're now in my bubble of people mm-hmm. and even the pressure that causes mm-hmm. of maybe you don't want to be to that level but you want to see that person in a more intimate space but having that pressure of being their bubble person can be a lot yeah and vice versa or like getting out of that and like being clear like maybe I don't want to be in your bubble because I don't act or I don't take care the way you take care Mm -hmm. in in ways if that makes sense no that totally makes sense I remember seeing this one visual that really struck me at the beginning of the pandemic it's like you think you're this individual, but Mm. then like it's all these overlapping bubbles and like the person in that bubble has bubbles and it just like is infinite bubbles. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, this is just an impossible puzzle. Right. Yeah. Again, I mean, kind of like what I said before, just awareness of your own body in relation to Mm -hmm. other people's bodies and how people move about spaces is just something I'm super hyper aware of now. Yeah. Going off of what you were talking about earlier in regards to evaluating someone's morals and ethics, Mm -hmm. I think is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I've not only seen in romantic contexts, but also through a platonic 
friendship way and how I'm evaluating who I'm interacting mm. with has been really interesting. And an analogy that um, I was talking to a friend about the other day was how it's almost become like political in ways, right? Like you get to know someone and you get to know their political views and that's like an added facet to mm. who they are. And COVID is almost just another thing of a layer or another dimension to who they are, mm -hmm. what they believe in, and how they navigate the world. Yes, and it's all yes. like their own perception. Yes. And hearing that was like, yeah, like that is so true. And even with politics, like if someone has very contrasting views to you, you're likely to move away and like distance yourself from that person mm. if you don't agree with them or it's it causes conflict. And I think the same can be said to COVID. It's just become another part of our life that we evaluate people on and create closeness which is really interesting to think about mm -hmm. and like has changed even like you were saying like has changed a lot of the relationships and the trust of someone's characters and values um and i think this goes nicely too into the taboos or the views of people dating in times of covid and mm -hmm. experiencing intimacy right especially in this age of hookup cultures yeah i think for me hookup culture Hookup culture has died. <laughs> we lay her to rest, at least in my circles. We lay her to rest. Um, it's it, COVID has slowed down the timeline of a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think relationships on both spectrums, like again, platonic and romantic, have definitely become a lot more deep because you're almost forced to become very intimate. Mm -hmm. But I think it's interesting what you said in the beginning, too, of having the lead up and mm -hmm. I think that's personally been something I've experienced really differently and I think it's going into um, the differences between freshmen sophomore versus junior seniors mm -hmm. I've think just having a roommate or one person to take responsibility of has omitted this sort of pressure in a lot of ways the perception of relationships I think are a lot different especially for people just so eager to meet other people and looking for friends and looking for new relationships in this relatively still new environment. Yeah, no, it's tough because it's easy to become complacent knowing that we're getting tested, but getting tested is just one part of the picture and definitely a tough, it's tough to navigate because there's like this COVID math you're doing. You're like, okay, I'm getting tested a bunch, right. but also who am I seeing? And like, how long am I spending in these public spaces? Like if I'm sitting in the CC and mm. I'm eating my sandwich, like that could be, right. I mean, even if you're only sitting there for 10 minutes, if there just happens to be one person who walks in who has COVID. Like you just don't know. You just don't I know. I think it's like is the tough. hard part. It's like, yeah, yeah exactly. Testing is like one aspect of, being safer but mm -hmm. who knows or we're getting you know more and more people on this campus mm -hmm. i'm hearing are are becoming vaccinated mm -hmm. um and we just don't know like we don't have the data yeah. on it which is hard in a lot of ways because it becomes a thing of you have to make your own judgments mm -hmm. um going back to what you were saying about accountability um mm. and the differences between um, underclassmen and upperclassmen it's interesting because I feel like definitely living with 10 people who you know super closely mm -hmm. definitely makes you feel more accountable to those people 
I feel like over the course of the year, I've gained such a heightened awareness of my body in relation to other people's bodies. Mm. Like your breath as something that could be so dangerous. Literally this basic human function (laughs) is now a weapon. Right. Which is really crazy. Throughout part two of our third episode, Relationships and Dating During COVID, Gio and I were able to reflect on our past year throughout the pandemic and how we've navigated our relationships. As more people continue to get vaccinated and the prospect of returning to a pre-pandemic life seems more within reach, Flo and I wanted to leave listeners with a couple of things. After reflection, we have seen COVID to be a catalyst for a larger conversation within relationships. That's right. When it comes to topics like setting boundaries, negotiation, and consent, the pandemic has personally taught us both a lot. Looking forward, despite adversities it's caused, it has served as a time of reflection and rethinking healthy ways one can navigate relationships and dating. We hope that you've enjoyed listening to season one of Dirty Chai Chats. Stay tuned for season two coming in September of 2021. Remember, stay safe, stay sexy. And have a great summer.